You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown! You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Visa. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol to tap and pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Today on the show, it is another edition of Zayu Doing. How you doing? We're going to get to that in just a little bit. Uh, I want to apologize uh, for the noise. If you can hear it in the background, there is construction going on quite literally outside my window and uh, I have no idea why it needs to be done. Uh, I I record these quite late at night so it is a little startling to me that this is happening right now but look uh, we we have to make do and hopefully it is it is not too much of a distraction Uh, and if it is I totally understand. Fast forward to my conversation with Lily that is construction free. Wonderful. That is great. All right. So we have a great game this week. And if you missed my conversation with Trevor Sycama yesterday, go back and listen to that. Of course, we have our crossover coming up tomorrow and our live show on Friday on Periscope 5 Central. And of course, the podcast comes out shortly after that. Injuries this week are a huge part of the story. Of course, Green Bay gets Devontae Adams back at practice. They get Kenny Clark back at practice. Kamel Martin back at practice. Equinemius St. Brown back at practice. Chandon Sullivan, who left the week four game against the Falcons with a concussion, also back at practice. Doesn't mean Kamel Martin and EQ are going to be activated. They are now on the clock The Packers have three weeks to activate them or they have to go on season-ending IR. Aaron Rodgers was on the Pat McAfee show yesterday talking about St. Brown and said, look, great speed, really good hands, has improved as a route runner, you know, did some nice things for them in a limited sample as a rookie, but needs to show something in practice. And I don't think he was talking about, you know, what had happened in training camp or whatever, but that now he needs to show something in practice, that he needs to prove in this version of the offense this year that he can be out there. And Rodgers has voiced his support for EQ in the past. So I don't think we should overlook that either. He clearly has some amount of faith in EQ and launched into this soliloquy on the Pat McAfee show about the difference between receivers who can catch with their hands and those who are body catchers. And he says, you you throw differently. 
Uh, the routes that they can run and you feel confident throwing to them are different. And the, the way you have to view ball placement is different. And so that is a, a sort of tacit endorsement of EQ because he said EQ is a hands catcher. Now, I wrote for Packer Report today about why I think St. Brown is an ideal fit for this Matt LaFleur offense with the speed and the routes where he excels. The role that he played in 2018 was to run all of the routes that Matt LaFleur loves. The deep over routes, the posts. He can take a receiver screen and pick up yardage. He can run the jet sweep. He can run a slant. He can run those deep in routes. And he has the toughness you look for. He is a willing blocker, even if he's not the biggest guy in terms of his his strength. He's he's a spindly 6'5", 214, but he has that 4'4 speed. And that is a huge part of what he can bring to this offense. All that stuff we saw Alan Lazard do in his breakout Saints game, EQ can do in terms of stretching the ball down the field potentially better just because, just from a physical trait standpoint. That doesn't mean I think that that Equinemia St. Brown is a better receiver right now or that he is, you know, somehow uh going to take Alan Lazard's reps or job or whatever. No. There's a long way to go till we get there. I'm talking about physical traits and fit. The traits and the fit are there. And if you think back to what happened in the offseason when Brian Gudikins basically said, we liked our guys more than the developmental types in this draft. EQ was 100% one of the players that they talked about because Matt LaFleur said as much. In training camp, he said, look, we really like what he can bring. We really like the tools. We really like his fit in this offense. And so whether it's this week, whether it's next week or the week after, this is a guy who I think can come in and help them and bridge the gap. Ultimately, and you can think back to the shows we did in August, ultimately, I think the most talented three-receiver package the Packers can put out there, Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, and Equinemius St. Brown. That is the best three-receiver set they can put out there from a from a geometry standpoint, from a talent standpoint, and, and just from a fit standpoint. The guys that can do everything, they're interchangeable pieces. They can do everything you want them to do. They can play the X. They can play the Z. They can play in the slot. They can, they can do all of the things that, that you want in this offense. And Aaron Rodgers, I think fittingly, pointed out, yeah, all of that is true. But the most important player we're getting back is Devontae Adams. <laughs> and he didn't say for sure Devontae is going to play. But we, I think we can say pretty sure, barring a setback between now and Sunday, Devontae Adams is going to play. And he was mad about not playing in week four, which means he was close then. It doesn't seem like he's had a setback. He's been able to practice early this week. So if we can make it to Sunday, and, and unfortunately that's a big if, in, in the current COVID crisis that we have here, uh, luckily the Titans and Bills were able to play last night, uh, then you know you, you have your best receiver back. You have your best offensive weapon back, which is huge in a game with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who have a defense that can stop the run. Now, the Vita Vea injury is big. We talked about that with Trevor yesterday. But there, Mike Evans is getting healthy. He got a mini bye week coming off the Thursday night game. Chris Godwin was back at practice. Now, he was limited, limited on Tuesday. Wasn't even really with the team much. 
And I think they're probably going to take the cautious approach with him the rest of the week. Best case scenario right now seems like he's going to be a game time decision. And if he doesn't practice, you know, in in a real way over the next few days, I, I think he's going to be hard pressed for him to, to get in the game in a meaningful way. But we'll see, of course. The Bucs have some players who can present some difficulties for Green Bay defensively. They don't really have a corner with the ability to match the size of Mike Evans with the speed in the route running. Kevin King has the size and theoretically the speed, but Mike Evans is, you know, he can go up and win those jump balls. Kevin King is a physical player, but he's not a go up and and beat you at the contest point kind of, of cornerback. And, you know, there, there aren't that many receivers in the league who can do that to him, who can box him out and, and go for a rebound over him. But Mike Evans is one of those guys. And it's going to be tough for someone like Jair Alexander with Mike Evans. Because he is 6'5". And he is 230. And you've got Jair Alexander who's 5'10 and a half. You know, 195, soaking wet, holding his luggage. I mean, that is a, a tough ask for someone who's a, a really ascending player. And someone who is becoming one of the best players in the league on defense. It's going to create some matchup problems for this team. Now, maybe it helps you that you get Kamel Martin back this week. This is not an offense that features the running backs in a dangerous way. Ronald Jones, we talked about yesterday, can't catch the ball. Leonard Fournette is a straight line downhill back who doesn't have a lot of wiggle, doesn't have a lot of juice. And Keyshawn Vaughn, they don't use very much. Okay, now you lose O.J. Howard. He's out for the year. And you've got the shell of Rob Gronkowski for the Buccaneers. And I know... You know, it's still going to be, oh, the Packers can't stop any tight ends. Well, Rob can't run anymore. And he was being used basically as a decoy before this. And he'd get a catch here, he'd get a catch there, but he's not someone who impacts the game down to down. It is a a week where it's great to get Shannon Sullivan back because Scotty Miller, you're going to see Chris Godwin in the slot. You need that that third corner who can slide inside and give you those reps. Getting healthy for both of these teams is going to give us a better picture of where they are, right? Because, you know, you you have these games where Packers, the Packers are winning them without their best players, and obviously that's great. But you don't want to be getting wins against the Lions without Kenny Galladay. You know, you don't want to be getting wins against the Falcons right before they're about to fire their coach. And you don't want to get wins against the Vikings when their cornerbacks don't know what they're doing. Now, Are the Packers going to give any of those wins back? No. But in terms of trying to evaluate your football team, it's harder to evaluate them in that context. The Lions are a different team with Kenny Galladay. And we know that. And the Vikings defense looks night and day different from what we saw in week one. And and we know if the Falcons had Julio Jones for a full game, they're more dangerous with him than without him. Of course, he's one of the best receivers of his generation, especially when he's healthy right now. And the problem, of course, is that he hasn't been healthy. But so getting a, a fuller test here with your full squad, you want to go in with your full team. They still don't have Alan Lazard, but you're going to get Clark back probably. Devontae Adams back. Getting Kamel Martin would be great because we don't know the status of Christian Kirksey. Um, he's dealing with a chest injury. And so, you know, how long he's going to be out is is a question right now. Chris Barnes has played admirably for an undrafted free agent, Kamel Martin, by most accounts, was the best linebacker in camp. 
Not someone that, you know, maybe you need down to down in this game, but someone that, you know, in the long run, you know, maybe you need him against Minnesota. You need him against San Francisco. So to throw him out there in a game where there's a little less pressure on him to, you know, play in coverage against some really good players and where he can just go out there and sort of play free, play loose and and rove and make plays. That's the ideal scenario for him. And if that is indeed what they're able to do, I think it's a boon for this Packers defense. Before we get to Lily, this football season will be different. And Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. You're worried about the Packers injury report. I get it. But what happens when you wind up on the injury report? The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is transforming the way healthcare is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. There are only 120 academic medical centers in the country. The Freighter and MCW Network is one of only two in the state and the only one in eastern Wisconsin. Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care, research to find innovative cures for complex diseases, and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. It's like having a two-time MVP quarterback under center. You know you're in good hands, and you might just see things you never thought possible. Freighter and MCW physicians have been part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent and treat diseases. Still wondering what academic medicine offers you? Visit www.freighter.com academic. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network. This is what is possible. The Packers took a week off. We did not take a week off. And the triumphant return of Zayu Duin here for week six, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Green Bay Packers, Lily Zhao from Fox 6, joining me. Lily, how you doing? Is that how you doing, Peter? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. And it was a, a good week for the Packers because they were able to get a number of guys healthy. Devontae Adams back at practice. Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary, Equinemius St. Brown back. Kamel Martin back. Chandon Sullivan back. Unfortunately, Kevin King's still dealing with uh, uh, the injury. So as we look at some of these guys who are coming off the injury list, we know Devontae Adams is huge. We know Kenny Clark is huge if those guys can play, but some of these other guys could make an impact. Who are the the players that you're most looking forward to see coming back and, and could have an impact on this team? You know what? It, it's I'm going to give you the two obvious answers. And that's of course EQ and Kamal, because you know, I, I think for EQ, it's, you know, we've seen what he can do in a very limited amount, a very limited sample size, I should say, before he got hurt. And then, you know, the expectation is that he's going to come in and really contribute to the offense, which we were expecting, and he got hurt again. So, you know, I'm really intrigued to see kind of what he can do if they bring him back, uh, you know, off of IR, uh, especially with Alan Lazard being out as well indefinitely. So intrigued to see what he can do, because I think he's going to be a really key piece in this offense once he gets truly healthy and rolling. But also Kamal Martin, I mean, he had a fantastic offseat or fantastic training camp as a rookie. And I think we were all really hyped up with him as well. And now that we've kind of seen this defense still need some help there, you know, I do feel like Kamal will be a great addition if they do bring him back as well. 
Yeah, and and you know Chris Barnes obviously was was the rookie linebacker that has made headlines to, to this point because he he came out of nowhere, theoretically was not even the best rookie linebacker in camp. That was Kamel Martin, and Martin might have been the best linebacker in camp. Full stop. So I'm with you. Those are those are certainly the guys that that I'm zeroing in on. Although I think the Kevin King injury is interesting because it could give someone like Josh Jackson an opportunity to get some snaps um, late in that game. It looked like. Uh, maybe Jackson was was giving way to Kadar Holman, so I'm interested to see if if that is something that we continue to see. Um, so I know that that's kind of cheating the question a little bit, but it was my question, so I get to cheat on it a little bit. Um, one of the things that Matt Lafleur talked about at his press conference on Monday was this unique bye week that guys had to be in town; they had to, um, you know, figure something out. What was your concern level going into a week like that, especially given the COVID numbers in Wisconsin? I mean, these guys couldn't really do much. And I I don't know, I guess I was a little nervous about how it was going to play out. Yeah, because, you know, you're you're thinking, you know, the guys are not really they're kind of in their little bubble here, especially with it being the regular season. And they're going through the same routine every day. But then you give them basically a week off to say, you know, don't do anything reckless. You know, this is all for the team. You want to stay healthy. You want to wear a mask, whatnot. And just from what Matt LaFleur said on Monday, it was, you know, there's a great feeling of where his team is at. You know, I don't think there should be any sense of alarm or anything like that. But again, it still will take a couple of days for those tests to roll in. But a lot of the guys that I've talked to kind of just are hunkering down at home. I know some of them have families. They have kids. Um, so it was just kind of spending time with family, just watching some TV, playing some video games, and just kind of, you know, studying up on film. So I don't think it was anything crazy. I know Aaron Rodgers said it sucked to have a bye week this early <laughs> and then compound yeah. that on the fact that they can't leave Green Bay. So I know it's a little di- different of a year, but you know, I think guys coming back on Monday were energized, they were refreshed, and now it's just kind of the long trek until the end of the season. I wonder about the bye week thing because they got their bye week and they actually got to rest. The Broncos this past week got a bye week after practicing all week because of COVID. And we know there's going to be more positive tests. We know there are probably going to be more games that have to be rescheduled. It could be the case the Packers get another bye week later in the year simply because a game has to be pushed back. And of course, we don't want that. But I think there's a non-zero chance that this actually ends up working out in Green Bay's favor because they end up doubling up in teams that had, you know, week 10 buys, week 11 buys, you know, the Steelers. They had to have a week four by and and right. now, you know, they, they are going to have to play, you know, whatever, 12 straight games. Yeah, you bring up a good point there, Peter, because, again, we don't know really what's going to happen in this next month or so. You know, we're all taking it day by day, week by week. So, you know, you do make a good point of, you know, in case there are more outbreaks on a team, you know, they're going to have to. And if they affect the Packers, they're going to have to give them, you know, a Denver situation where they're off an extra week. So. You know, just having an earlier buy where they can get their key pieces like Devontae and Kenny and then those secondary guys healthy again could be huge. Again, especially if they have one, you know, in the next month or however many weeks. So I, I think it was advantageous having one this early. But then again, you know, if all shakes out and things remain perfect and we don't have one, I mean, it is what it is. They were just dealt yep. an early week and they've, you know, gone through it. But I guess best case scenario kind of in a weird way is if you do get another chance to rest later in the season because of all these COVID-related things. This week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Packers face easily their biggest test defensively. Uh, the Bucs have uh, a very good run defense, although that took a hit with Vita Vea, um, but they have fast 
athletic linebackers. Uh, Levante David, one of the best players on defense in the league. And a, a young, aggressive secondary. This does feel like a little bit of a of a litmus test for Green Bay. How do you think they're going to handle this Tampa Bay defense? Because Tampa Bay's they've been a little inconsistent, but still pretty good this year. Yeah, that's right. And it's, you know, it's a Sunday game at home. They're going to have some fans there in the stands as well. And who knows that that's even going to make any sort of uh, or give the Tampa Bay Bucks any sort of advantage there as well. So it's going to be a very it's going to be a difficult challenge, though, because the Packers on the road with fans in the stands, you know, the defense facing up a Hall of Fame quarterback and Tom Brady, that's going to be a tough challenge. But, you know, what I'm like you mentioned, what I'm excited to see, though, is the Packers offense, because this defense Todd Bowles, I know Aaron Rodgers was asked about it. I asked Aaron Jones about it as well. And they know the difficulty this defense presents. They like to, you know, they haven't really blitzed a lot this season, but that's something we could see on Sunday. So it's kind of, can this offensive line stand their ground? And depending on who is active in the wide receiver group, hopefully Devontae is playing. It's, you know, it's really his first action since week two of the season. So can he come out and really shred this secondary? I don't know, but it's Devontae. So kind of, you know, you never know with him uh, kind of doing so well against these other opposing teams. But I think it's going to be a great challenge for this Packers offense. And like you mentioned, a l- good litmus test to really see where they rank in terms of the top teams in the NFC. Can we talk about a pet peeve of mine for a second? Sure, go ahead. <laughs> this game is going to be billed as Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. You know what? If Aaron Rodgers could play defense, I would be all <laughs> <laughs> It, it just, I think like it undersells how good Todd Bowles is. I think he is one of the best defensive minds in, in the league. I said that on, on the show yesterday uh, in our conversation uh, with Trevor, but it's just one of those things where I think it, it also undercuts Aaron Rodgers because he gets blamed in playoff games for things his defense does and and by that same token Tom Brady has gotten credit historically for things his defense has done and so this is kind of the perfect moment for me to die on this hill and just say I I, I hate that we make this quarterback versus quarterback and by the way Aaron Rodgers says that too he said it on the Pat McAfee show last week he's like I it's not it's me versus their defense and and those are the matchups we have to worry about I am I am in a way glad that this doesn't feel like the kind of game where we're talking about legacy, where it's like, oh, well, you know, these two teams, because in 2014, when they played, it did feel a little bit that way. It really did. And I forget they, they matched up one more time. I think, what was it? 2018. Yep. In Tampa. Yeah. yeah, Excuse me. In New England. Yeah. And so that was, of course, you know, Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady, the whole legacy thing, you know, that whole, amount of chatter, but you're right. It, it's not Aaron Rodgers isn't playing defense. It's Aaron Rodgers versus Todd Bowles defense and Tom Brady versus Mike Penn's defense. So, you know, I know the whole story with Tom Brady in Tampa and then obviously his performance against the bears on Thursday night football, you know, something to be talked about, but you know, it's still Tom Brady. It's still Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be fun to see, but it's not quarterback versus quarterback, which I know it probably will be billed that way on Sunday and some pregame stuff. <laughs> Well, and it's going to drive ratings, and that's fine. Um, I do want to ask sort of a a basic question because I don't know that I have a great answer for this. I have watched – I won't say I've watched every snap of the Bucs, but I've gone back and and watched a number of their games, and I've been impressed 
in stretches by this team. Uh, I said yesterday they remind me a little bit of the 2019 Packers where they can look really great for two quarters and just thoroughly, aggressively mediocre for two quarters. Are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers good right now? You know, that's a great question. (laughs) I will say I thought they were a little better before the Bears game. And then after watching that game, I did kind of waffle. I do agree with you that they are like last year's version of the Packers where, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, this team is going to, they're going to make the Super Bowl. And then you're kind of, kind of scratching your head at the stretches in the fourth quarter where you're like, you know, what, what happened there? Um, I still think it's a solid team. Do I think they're one of the legitimate threats to potentially make the Super Bowl? Not yet. But again, it's still early in the season. They could peak. But it's still, you know, anytime you play a Tom Brady-led team, it's still a dangerous team. And so, you know, I, I know the Packers defense, they're going to be up for the challenge because it's not like he's throwing to undrafted wide receivers. He's got some good talent there, especially mm-hmm. at tight end. I know that they lost O.J. Howard, but it's still going to be a significant challenge for this Packers team because they, again, want to prove that they're one of the top teams in the NFC. And to do that, you have to beat a quality team convincingly. So can they do it on, on Sunday? Based off of what I saw Thursday, I'm encouraged. Uh, but I, I just want to see how this offense comes out with Devontae Adams, hopefully in the lineup against Todd Bowles. Yeah, and and I think, you know, the the some of the questions last year about Devontae Adams reintegration into this offense, a lot of that stuff I felt like was overblown. Um, this offense this year, I don't think we're going to have any of those questions because we saw how much success they were able to manufacture the last two and a half weeks, even without Devontae. I, I mean, it just doesn't seem like the same kind of team that if he's back, all of a sudden that's going to throw off the rhythm. I mean, do you agree with that? I do agree because I think last year when he came back, there was a little bit of reacclimation, but I do feel like this year you just kind of plug him in and you just keep on chugging. Um, and I think that's going to be the same set for if they bring back Equinemia St. Brown as well. It's going to be this offense will still be producing at a high level. You're just adding an extra weapon onto it. I don't think they're going to take any sort of slip there. And that is just kind of a credit to Matt LaFleur getting his running backs involved in the passing game even more and getting those tight ends involved as well, because that wasn't an element that we saw last year at all. Um, and so I, I don't believe that there's going to be any sh- sort of reacclimation whatsoever. They're just going to keep on chugging, and then they're going to have a guy named Devontae to throw to, and that's going to go very well. <laughs> <laughs> it tends to work out well when Aaron Rodgers has Devontae Adams to throw to. Um, speaking of of working out well when you have someone to throw to, uh, the ascension of Big Bob Tanyan. We are we are there with him. Uh, he he was outstanding against the Falcons and not in fluky kind of ways, not just in, oh, it's a little play action boot and he's wide open at the goal line. He's making real plays. So what is your and George Cato had some really uh, complimentary things to say about his friend and, and training mate. What have been your impressions of uh, Large Robert this season? <laughs> large Robert. I like it. Can I, call, can I just call him Large Robert? You can. Absolutely. <laughs> um, you know what? I thought this was kind of the step that he was hopefully going to take last year. But then I realized, you know, it's again, it's the first year in a new coach's offensive system. It's going to take some time to really get acclimated to everything. But this honestly is the step I expected to see from Tanya. And he's shown it so early in the season because coming in, you know, we we knew this this tight end group was good. And it 
Obviously, Stinks, you know, Josiah DeGuara, the rookie, is going to be out for the rest of the year because I thought he was also a promising target in that tight end room. But Robert Tanyan, I think, was expected to make these sorts of steps in year two in this system, and he's really exceeded them because the Packers now have a legitimate threat at, at tight end, including Mercedes Lewis, who we all know Aaron Rodgers adores. So it just gives him two big targets in that tight end room, especially with Jay Sternberger still kind of getting his legs under him as well. And it's just fun to see because we all talk about who can really break out each week. I think everyone was talking about Tanyan in that Falcons game. Like, he's going to be the one breaking out in this game. And, I mean, a hat trick, you can't ask for better. You cannot. And and what's what's really crazy is Devontae had his breakout game. I think you can make the case that, that maybe MVS also had a little bit of a breakout game in week one. You have Aaron Jones in week two, Alan Lazard week three, and then uh, Tanyan in week four. There are still other guys who could have these moments. I mean, I, I, I still think there's going to be a Jay Sternberger breakout game this year. We're going to get an EQ breakout game. And the fact that they suddenly have all of these guys to, to be as explosive as they've been. Jamal Williams on Monday. I mean, overshadowed by the touchdowns, but he was awesome on Monday. So it, it is really fun that this team has all of these pieces. And, and oh, by the way, they're all really likable. In a week where Michael Thomas is suspended for punching a teammate and you know you hear about some of the drama with the holdouts and the contract situations, this Packers team is not only talented, they're likable. Yeah, and that's the thing is, you know, we've never Green Bay is not a uh, a team that deals with drama. You know, that's not what they want in the locker room. Right. That's not the culture that they really advocate here. And again, there's never been any sort of animosity in the locker room. No one's ever thrown hands before. Um, so it's just a fun group to cover. And it just thinks that it's the COVID world, so we can't all be there in person. But you know, they've been so fun to cover from the outside, kind of looking in this year and. I mean, again, they look so great early in the season. It's going to be exciting to see what they can really cook up when everyone kind of gets healthy again down the stretch. Well, it's going to be a great game. Uh, a lot to talk about uh, for next week. And and it doesn't stop because the Packers have a lot of big games coming up on the schedule. This is the meat of their schedule. So them getting healthy at the right time is huge for them. Lily, let's enjoy the game and we'll talk next week. Sounds good. Thanks, Peter. All right, I want to thank Lily again for joining the show. Before we finish up, I want to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. One of the other hosts sent me a note the other day that he got from a listener saying, Built Bar changed his life. <laughs> and of course, he's being hyperbolic, but it really is a unique experience. If you've ever been the kind of person who goes to the health food store or walks down that aisle, and looks at all the options. None of them seem particularly appealing, especially if you've eaten these things. They're mealy, they're grainy, they're tough to chew, they leave a weird aftertaste in your mouth, and it's just not really enjoyable to eat them. It's a chore. Built Bar is not like that. It is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and the thing about it is that's because a lot of them, frankly, are salted caramel, peanut butter brownie, caramel brownie, apple almond crisp. They sound like cheat foods, but they're low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Best of all, they've upped the promo game. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. 
Today's episode is also brought to you by Roman. It can be awkward or embarrassing to talk about erectile dysfunction. Usually we brush it off or play the blame game. There's excuses to be made, but a healthy life includes a healthy sex life. If you struggle with erectile dysfunction, you may not feel like your best self. And if you want help with ED, Roman connects you with a real U.S. licensed healthcare professional who can prescribe the medicine you need. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan, and if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship you real medicine with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to roman.com slash locked on and complete an online visit. That's roman.com slash locked on to get 50% off your first month of ED treatments if you need it and a free online visit with free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com slash locked on. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow with our crossover Thursday, getting you set for a monster matchup in the NFC. When you take a look at this Packers schedule, this is clearly one of the hardest games left on the slate. It is one of the most consequential games left on the slate, depending on how you feel about the 49ers and and how big a threat you still believe them to be in the conference and to the Packers specifically. This is one of those games that let's say the 49ers are a nine and seven team and they don't make the playoffs. Let's just say, and the Packers lose to them because the matchup is just brutal. It's a tough matchup. If you beat the Buccaneers, now you hold the tiebreaker with the Saints. You hold it with the Bucks, And you're gaining, you're banking a conference win you might not otherwise have. And a conference win you're losing if you, if you can't beat the 49ers. So this is an insulation game. This is a, hey, uh, we know that this is going to be a long season. And we need to get these NFC wins where we can get them because playoff positioning is important for us at the end of the year. You hope that it ends up being important to more than just playoff seating and that we can get fans and stands and, and all of that stuff. But that is all still very much up in the air. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.